Welcome to The Greenhouse Effect. Our hope is that this podcast would be like a greenhouse to help you get unstuck and grow into your full potential because life ought to be fully lived. Hey, everybody. Today we have a really, really juicy topic for you. And really, it's just about what do you do when you fail? And Tommy, I mean, I know you've got a lot of stories you can draw on. Well, thanks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't really think of any for myself, but I heard you've been trying some hot yoga lately. Well, uh, yes, I I have, and I never thought the day would come where I would admit this in a public venue, but uh, (laughs) this year, going into the year, I decided to kind of stick my neck out a bit and try some hot yoga. So the idea of in my mind was that yoga is really good for strengthening some muscles and it's really good for flexibility. So, you know, I actually need both of those. And so I thought, wow, I can kind of do this one bit of exercise and it'll be a a push, but I'll get a whole lot of benefits out of it. But the barrier, the block to the whole thing was that in order to go into that class and do that, I had to know that it was going to be okay, that I would look like a total, utter fool. (laughs) I mean, I am so inflexible, and I am so awkward. I just... I I knew I would step in there and not only would most of the people already be experts on the whole yoga front, but even amongst the beginners, it was just going to be horrible. It was going to be just a a terrible sight for anybody to look at, (laughs) much less for me to experience. So I went into it, in essence, knowing that from the day one, I was going to be bad at it. Uh I was going to fail, so to speak. Uh, With that, but I decided, you know, that's a stupid reason not to do this. Yeah. If it's going to be good for me, if it's going to help me, why should I not do it just because I'm not going to be good at it? I love it. Everybody, we have an exclusive uh, album of photos from that event in the link in the show notes if you just want to check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Please, even if we did, it would be a terrible sight, so don't. (laughs) But I love it because it highlights what we're talking about today, which is what do you do when you fail? A lot of times in life, we have failure come unexpectedly or unwelcomed. Um, but I think there's some lessons to glean from, you know, intentionally placing yourself into that environment. Well, definitely. And it's a, it's a subject that for me creates a real tension because I am by nature extremely competitive. I kind of ma- try to mask it a little bit, but... Uh, you know, just beneath the surface, it's uh, I'm just so ultra competitive that it's that it's tough. So, failing isn't a happy uh, experience for me. Uh, to the, to the degree that uh, my kids a few years back gave me a, a, a little metal plaque with what has become uh, almost. Uh, laughingly our family motto which is never 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 give up from Winston Churchill uh-huh. because growing up with the kids I go we never give up we never give up as a <laughs> as a family and and so then it became almost kind of a joke of we never give up and so yeah. they gave me a plaque which is on my desk of never 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 give up so my mentality is 
almost wired on the front end to do whatever it takes to keep from failing. So that's why this topic is so um, dear to me in a sense, because learning a, a positive way to frame failure can be incredibly healthy for someone who doesn't fail well, right. so to speak. Right. And thinking about kind of our motto for this podcast of living life fully and growing into your full potential, I, I'm i excited for this topic too, because especially these last couple of years in starting a business, I've failed countless times. And yet I keep realizing that if I'm really going to grow into my full potential, if I'm really going to you know, make the impact that I believe I'm meant to make, it's actually going to require failure. Like, There's no other way to get there. I, it, it absolutely does. In fact, the only way to assure that you don't fail is to never try. Right. You know? And so failure is absolutely a prerequisite for succeeding, unless you're going to only try one thing in all of your life and hope you hit the right side of the coin. So right. it, it, it's just not the way life works. So uh, failure is actually kind of core and fundamental to moving forward. I mean, it makes me think, you just made me think of, would you rather have failure or regret? Oh, wow. That's <laughs> ooh, that's <laughs> I, a powerful one. Yeah. But, you know, there's probably, I haven't thought about it yet, but there's probably some truth in that. Would you rather choose some failures along the way that are painful in the moment, but you grow th- through them and and get better or regret later on that you never tried. Right. Um, It's a sad bar that we'll maybe talk about at some point, but, but I'm uh, working on a book and I've been working on, on it for a good while. And towards that end, I've worked hard to reframe it in my mind that the only failure when it comes to my efforts to write this book is to not try to write the book and for it to sell one copy. Cause I will buy one myself. <laughs> that's not failure. Yeah. The only failure is to not try. I and love it. It's, it's a different way and it's been helpful for me as a way of looking at this through a different lens that encourages me to keep forward. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and dive in. I mean, something that, is front of mind for me with this topic, kind of coming from the world of, um, you know, corporate culture, what's changing in that landscape and Silicon Valley and software development is this topic of failing fast and failure as learning has become really popular, really catchy, um, a lot of buzzwords and a lot of lip service given to it. And I think what we want to do today is not discount that. There's a reason that topic's getting attention. It's a good topic. But just to get kind of really real and honest about it. Right. And, and I think a great place to begin is to get a little bit under the surface. Um, you know, we can talk about failure in what can be eventually some trite ways. But one of the things that, that I realized as I began to think about this topic, the reason it's so uh, difficult for so many people to deal with failing is that they've made an identity of it. Mm. They've looked at failing as failure. And so when something doesn't go their way, they're prone not to say I failed, but I am a failure. Yeah. And that's a totally different thing how that's how that's received because the minute 
we start to use the language of I am a failure. Now my worth is decimated. Now I look at everything and I can't afford to be a failure. To fail at something is different. So I think one of the core ways of uh, moving to a different mindset when it comes to failing is to realize the critical distinction that failure is an identity, failing is an event. That's so good. It's that reframing is a helpful tool because it really is about your mindset and I think we can just get caught up in the emotions and not necessarily step outside of ourselves and, and kind of, you know, think that way. So maybe take us into what is, if we're going to shift our mindset from failure as an identity to failure as an event, what are some of the different components of that? Well, there, there are lots of different uh, components, and I think there are lots of different ways of looking at it that can be um, very helpful. One of the ones we've already uh, just started to touch on is, is to see it as a necessary prerequisite for, for success. Uh-huh. If we see it actually as a tool, then that helps us. And one of the ways I like to, to look at this is to have a very clear recognition in our own mind that failing strengthens us. Uh, in fact, if you if you spend much time at all um, reading books on exercise physiology, what you'll see is the very practice of getting strong is actually the practice of repeated failing. Yeah, that that's what you do when you when you lift weights, heavy weights, you lift until your muscles fail and it actually tears the muscles. And then when you rest, which is another podcast, when you rest, then those muscles recover. And when they recover, they're stronger. And so if you never pushed your muscles to the point of failing, you have no, uh, no vehicle to actually get stronger. And so failing becomes the vehicle by which we get stronger and stronger. And I, I've seen that true in my own life, you know, quite a bit. So failing now becomes something very different. In, instead of something that we avoid at all cost, we can even intentionally, as I did with the hot yoga, intentionally choose to put ourselves in situation where we might not quite succeed, Mm -hmm. where we might risk, where we're pushing ourselves to the point of failing in order to become stronger. What hits me about that is for myself, and I'm sure a lot of others, there's a fear in failure of what others will think. And I'm just imagining you're in the gym, you know, working out with a partner and they're spotting you while you're lifting and trying to kind of max out. It's pretty unlikely they're going to sit there and make fun of you while you're doing it, right? (laughs) Well, it's true, but we still have those internal feelings, which is why we have to go back to that initial thing that failing is an event, failure is an identity. If if I go into the gym and I'm lifting my five pounds of weight next to the person who's lifting, you know, 100 pounds, 
I can either look at this as, okay, I am failing next to this person, or I am a failure. Look what a weakling I am. So I have to go into it with the mindset that this is an, an event that I am growing and that I am getting stronger at. And as such, I don't need to pay as much attention to what everybody else thinks. Right. And that whole idea of staying in your lane and being confident in who you are. Uh, One time recently I was at the gym and there was a guy next to me just crushing it, you know, doing way more weight than me. And I kind of just told him, I was like, man, good job. You know, and I think he was thrown off guard because usually his guys were all comparing ourselves to each other. But it was just one of those moments. He was so outside my league that I I wasn't even tempted to compare myself. (laughs) I was like, good job, man. You're doing really good. And that kind of freed me to just lift what I was lifting and be confident about that. Exactly. You know, beginning kind of with that mindset that failing is a necessary event in order to get stronger, whatever area of life, whether we're talking about business or we're talking about personal development or we're talking about uh, relationships, that if, if we're not willing to take risks, if we're not willing to stretch then we're probably not going to get stronger. So I, th- I think particularly of, of, for instance, the area of habits. Uh-huh. There's, there's so much written about how to uh, develop effective habits. Well, one of the ways that I've found is you just keep on trying. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? And I've failed many, many times at many habits that I've tried to employ. But so what? So what? I've been trying along the ways, and eventually you get there, mm-hmm. which kind of leads to the second one. You eventually get there because failing almost by definition teaches you. You yeah. learn from it. You learn what doesn't work. It, it gives clarity to what works and what doesn't work, what's going on within you that you need to understand. So failing helps us figure out where to go, where to go next, which we can't figure out until we've tried. Hmm. Yeah, what does that look like in the context of personal growth? Well, I think it looks like a rhythm to speak of. I think we try things, we'll very often, particularly on the front end, we'll fail, we reflect, we clarify at what was going on in that failure. We reflect on the circumstances. We reflect on the decision process that went into how we went about something. So we we gain greater clarity through that failure, and then we go at it again. And most likely, we'll fail again, at least at some level. And then we'd go and repeat the same process. So it's a rhythm, so to speak, of, of try, reflect, clarify, try again. Yeah. I can't help but think about little kids and how they learn and develop. And I'm sure people who are experts and people who are teachers listening out there, you see this every day. I mean, that's literally kind of how they go through life every day. And it's how they learn. And it's how they're taught. Well, and again, and kids are a great example of going back to that first point, at least in those early years, you know, they don't take on the identity of failure when they fail. They just get back up and, and do it again and do it again and, mm-hmm. and laugh all <laughs> along the way. And, you know, how much healthier would it be for us if we could approach failure that way? Why do you think we lose that? I think we uh, 
unfortunately become highly self-focused as adults. Uh, I, I know uh, it was kind of funny when I got into that hot yoga class. Uh-huh. Um, those types of class are surrounded on virtually every side by mirrors, which, of course, since I was highly self-conscious to begin with, I'm thinking <laughs> that's the last thing that I want to be in this in this room. I could, I could just disappear in the back except for all of these mirrors everywhere. <laughs> but very early on in the class, I realized everybody was paying attention to the mirrors, but they were only paying attention to themselves in the mirror. Mm. Nobody was paying any attention to me in the mirror. But because as adults, we become very self-conscious, very self-focused, then this whole success-failure thing becomes uh, a very intensified process. Uh, One thing I've even noticed um, in relation to this topic is a lot of times when people share openly about their failures or or maybe just don't try to hide them and try to learn from them um, it actually kind of grows your relationships with oh, the people closest to you <laughs> oh absolutely uh, because most all of us realize that those who uh, are unwilling to do that are only posturing yeah because we all know that we fail and it kind of invites closeness too because when you see someone being genuine and humble like that you're like okay whew, uh they're you know i'm not alone in this <laughs> and and it's a it's a connection point even in work settings and not just with family and your best friends but i've even seen it in work settings well and i think one of the one of the lessons in this is great leaders are willing to be vulnerable about their failings. And so often leaders think I have to be strong and always have to appear strong and always have to appear successful. And they don't realize that actually uh, undercuts their credibility as opposed to the person who's, who's willing to admit who they are with their shortcomings amongst those they're trying to lead. It's so true. A few of our listeners out there will remember this, but ran an experiment once at a big event where uh, at a Fortune 500 company where typically the executives stand up on stage in front of, you know, thousands and share data and updates. And it's, you know, it's just kind of, it is what it is. And one time uh, we experimented with them sharing about a failure in their life or their career. And the amount of messages and people sharing afterwards how that was transformative for them to hear those <laughs> was unreal. Yeah, uh, because it was so rare, but it was so much more engaging. And, you know, the typical thought would be, well, I can't share this because then I'll lose my um, authority. And yet the exact opposite happened. Uh, it's it's so counterintuitive, but it, it's important. And when we begin to realize this and take the risk of sharing with people where we've fallen short, uh, it's incredibly powerful. Okay, so so far we have, you know, failure strengthens and failure teaches us. Yeah, so one cousin to that uh, failing teaches us is failing redirects us. So uh, when we try something, and, and, and I can even think of this podcast as we've uh, gone through episodes, when we first started working on this, we recorded about three or four episodes and 
with each episode, we would listen back and we'd go, you know, I like that. Oh boy, that really didn't work. Let's try this. Let's do this. And so with each failure that we had along the way of, of, of working on this podcast, we gained clarity and we redirected, we course corrected the ship until we, uh, arrived at a way of going about this that resonated with us, hopefully with a few other people. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, there's so many analogies with that, like sailing or running down a path. But you think about how it's, it's hard to know which turn to take until you get there. And so in a sense, it's like you said earlier, the very act of trying something and leaning in is what kind of brings you to the point where you can see the path or the next steps from there. Exactly, because otherwise you're just guessing on the future. You're, you're getting data points that help you move forward. And again, this is this is a way of helping us to reframe and, and to try things that we might not otherwise try if we feel, uh, feel the weight of having to succeed on the front end. Yeah. Well, if anyone is hearing this and didn't listen to the last episode with Matthew Nutt, I would really encourage you to listen because he he hit on this idea of having grace with yourself. And I think it aligns so well with um, how failing redirects. You got to have grace on yourself that you're not always going to be perfect and that no one else expects you to be absolutely 100% perfect. And so we can learn from from a failure and redirect so the next time we can be better or we can go in a better direction. Well, and and Matthew's point about that just fits in so well of learning to give grace to yourself because inevitably, as you begin to fail, one of the most important benefits that come from failing is that it humbles you. Mm. And humility is is kind of a funny thing in our culture. People either hate the thought or they love the thought or whatever. But at least for me, the right-sizing of myself, of realizing uh, that I have strengths and I have weaknesses and coming to terms with that in, in, a, in an affirming way uh-huh. makes me a stronger person. It makes me... Uh, more relational, uh, more graceful, more forgiving. It does all sorts of right things in me. But if succeeding is such a high priority and such a high drive, and we, we feel like we can't afford to fail, then we're in a really tough place. So I found that uh, failing has helped me know uh, myself that much better, which I think is actually kind of the core of humility. I I would agree. And I think it also allows people to step in with their strengths better. So this past week, I realized one day I had lost my tennis shoes. And if you know me, you know this happens on a regular cadence. (laughs) How come I'm not surprised by this? Right? (laughs) Where these things go, I swear, there's some kind of troll that follows me around. But I think I left them in one of the lockers at the gym. So I go back the other day. It's I don't want to ask what you were wearing out of the gym, but go ahead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where I, you know, I put my work shoes back on and I'm think I always have so many thoughts running in my head, especially after a workout, I just listened to a podcast. And so I just grabbed the bag, turn around and leave and didn't even grab my, you know, 
my other shoes <laughs> off the bench. So I come back a week later and I'm looking where I thought I had, you know, I where I think I was using the locker, because of course I don't use the same one every time. All these things compound. <laughs> I look in the the lost and found, they're just not there. So in humility, I go home. I'm very tempted to just not tell my wife about this because she will definitely make fun of me. And so I just decided, no, I just need to get more comfortable being honest and just sharing these things. So the first thing I walk in the door, I told her, I think I lost my shoes. She kind of rolls her eyes, <laughs> cracks a couple jokes. But then, you know, the next thing, and this has happened a few, uh, a few times, the next thing she does is offers to help. And one of her strengths is kind of having very good routines and she's very detail oriented. So this is something she would never do. She would never forget <laughs> her shoes or mine, right? But I had been blocking her out and not letting her help me. And, you know, this failure, as it has before... And being, uh, allowing it to humble me in this case, allowed her to step in with her strengths and help me. And now we've established some kind of new systems where she helps me not forget stuff like that. Well, and she's encouraged and you're, you're now leaning into her strengths and allowing her to be who she is. Whereas if you just kept it to yourself and, and felt the weight of that failure, so to speak, then everybody loses. Exactly. And I mean, that's a small example, but I think it highlights the reality of what we're talking about. Like, it did feel like a, a humiliating failure in the moment. I've done this so many times. How could I forget again? This is so ridiculous. But the same principles, I think we're saying, apply to a small thing as they do to a, a seemingly large failure. Right. And we go step by step, baby steps in this. But uh, when we can begin to embrace this, then it actually gives us courage And I think what we actually desperately need in our lives and in our culture is people of courage, Mm. people who are willing to grow, people who are willing to take important risks uh, because the importance of what they're doing is more important than the possibility of of them failing. So I think it's a big deal. Wow, that is just probably a great thought to leave on. But before we do... Is there any way that people can practically implement this or try this? There is. It, it's, this is a, a tough one, but uh, perhaps it's, it's where we need to go with this. And that's to uh, simulate a little bit of what I did with that hot yoga. And that's put yourself in a place where you intentionally fail. And, and by that, I mean, put yourself in a place where you know you won't succeed and look great. <laughs> All right. uh-huh. Failure is, is, and failing is, that's, that's a different thing. But when we choose to put ourselves in a place where we aren't going to necessarily look good, where we're not going to do well, and we know it, that actually begins this whole cycle of strengthening us, of helping us get outside of ourselves, of teaching us, of humbling us, of doing, of giving us courage to do more things. So this, this big cycle starts as we are willing to do that. And how much better if we can intentionally choose to start this cycle going? <laughs> I just love it so much because I can imagine trying that in really small scenarios where you're placing yourself in that situation. But over time, it's like those reps with the five weights. You're, you're working on that muscle of thinking about failure different, 
so that when the big life things do come along, um, or if you're already in one of those things, you can start to reorient yourself. Right. Uh, recently, um, Ashley and I were in the city. We were kind of walking around and we saw some of those bird scooters, you know, the motorized scooters that are in some of the bigger cities now. And I said, let's get on these, you know, and, and immediately she was kind of hesitant because she hadn't done that before. <laughs> and, you know, I think about scenarios like that, like that's a little test, but if you kind of yeah. think about it in your head and you don't even have to tell anyone, just think, all right, yeah, I'm going to get on the scooter. People are driving by. They're going to see me flop and flail and stand there with my phone too long. So I don't know how to work the app <laughs> and all right. those things. Right. And just kind of let yourself get over those and experience that kind of quote unquote mini failure. Right. And keep doing reps like that and find opportunities in your life. How fun if all of us, you know, in this podcast community are kind of trying, trying that in our life. And I'm sure there's some fun stories would come out of it. Yeah. So can I add a second one? Add away. Okay. I think for very many of us, and particularly probably the the type of people who are listening to this podcast, you may have some major area of your life that matters a lot to you, that you're working very hard on, that you can sense the risk that it may not work out. Um, I think it could be such a positive uh step for you to begin to think about how can you reframe this area of your life in a way that frees you to fail or succeed. Uh, For instance, like I was talking about with the book, it helped me immensely when I began to say that the only failure is not trying. Yeah. And that helped me. It freed me up in a huge way. And so now I go at at this with a totally different mindset than I would have otherwise. So if there's an area of your life, it might be in business, it might be in a relationship or in an area of personal development where you feel the weight of how this is going to turn out. Uh I want to encourage you to intentionally reframe that in a way that brings healthiness to it and actually brings right perspective to it. That's so good. Another way that could be helpful is take someone that you admire and actually go read their biography. Or if there isn't a biography on them, maybe look and see if you can find an extensive interview with them uh, somewhere where they shared more of their background story. I did this uh, a couple years ago with the Steve Jobs biography. And of course, he's held on this pedestal and you can't go a week without hearing him used in some example of success, right? Right. But you read his backstory and there's all kinds of failures. And you can clearly see how those shaped the successes later on and the impact he made later on. Well, that's great. So we ended up with three very tangible ideas. Intentionally fail, put yourself in that position, look to reframe some major area of your life and how you might look at success and failing and, uh, and study the example of someone who you admire that you may not be aware of stories of failings. All right. The only excuse you have at failing at this challenge is to not try one of those three. 
Here at Greenhouse Effect, we are big fans of our friends at Belay Solutions, a company that provides incredibly top-notch virtual staffing. They actually provide us with executive assistance, but they also staff bookkeepers, web specialists, and social media managers. And the thing is, their customer experience is just incredible, and they have a way of finding just the right people for your needs. So we want to give you a taste of what it's like to work with Belay from one of their clients, Dave Richards, the CEO of Elite Performance Associates. Belay saved me when I was focused on growing my business. You know, I can think of recently, um, I was working with a high profile, uh, you know, federal government agency on a conference for them. And it had a lot of moving parts. You know, my VA allowed me to competently let go of all of those things and just focus solely on preparing content and delivering a high value program to the client. Belay follows up with me, how can I give more this constant prodding of, you know, how do you, how can we help you more? How can we pull more from your plate so that you can do, you know, what you're meant to do and what you're best at? If you resonate with any of this and want more information, go to belaysolutions.com slash next step. The link is also in the show notes and we've partnered with Belay to give you $200 off your startup fees. Okay, Tommy, give us a book recommendation that relates to this. I know there's a lot of books on this topic, but what's one that you think would be particularly helpful? Well, one I read recently that I like a lot uh, is by Shauna Nequist, uh, Present Over Perfect. And what I like particularly about that book related to this topic is that she's very vulnerable about her perfectionist tendencies and how destructive often those uh, dis, uh, perfectionist tendencies have been to her living a full life and a joyful life. And so she learns and describes in, in great, fun, interesting, creative writing how being present has become a higher value to her than being perfect which goes right in sync with this idea of, of taking the legs out of failure and realizing that living is actually what it's all about. So good. All right, link in the show notes as usual, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe, and come on, do us a favor. Leave a five-star review. It'll help others find the show too.